Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are, and uh, I'm also happy to give a report, as many of our Listeners know Cindy Chavez, our, one of our co-hosts on Wednesday, lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which was right in the path of Hurricane Ida that went through as a Category 4, almost a Category 5 storm, um, just yesterday, actually. And I uh, got a report from her literally minutes before we started the show today saying, just checking in to let you know, we've heard from neighbors that our trees did not fall. She actually, she and her husband actually moved, went to uh, Dallas, Texas, so they were completely out of those storms way, but she was concerned about her family. And she said, we've heard from most of the family and so far everyone is safe. Um, the uh, power lines are out, no fuel in the city, but at least her family is safe. So that's good news from Cindy. And uh, we also have a really cool piece of news that uh, we touched on last week, but I wanted to bring it up again this week. Bob Doyle, one of the presenters in the movie and the book, The Secret, will be joining us here on the Monday podcast next Monday. And it is going to be Exciting news. A, a, oh, it's going to be a, a I'm going to be psyched. Let's put it that way. I'm going to be really, really psyched. So, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of information about what he wants to talk about, but hey, I don't care. We got a guy from The Secret coming on the show. What do I care? <laughs> it's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, that's exciting for all of us, I think. It kind of shows, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've grown into something that's actually something. Hey, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're also going to kind of, uh, as we like to do around here, we're going to try to uh, break a little new ground and talk about a subject that I don't think we've really delved into for a show. We, I, we probably have touched on it from time to time, but uh, how to use our ability as conscious creators to affect our eyesight. It kind of came up as a conversation point uh, after the show a couple of weeks ago among the three of us here. And uh, it turns out every one of us has a reason for wanting to have better eyesight. So, hey, why not? Let's give it a shot. See what we can do. I mean, we already know that Louis is an expert at it because he's already improved his eyesight tremendously. Maybe that's where we start. But, you know, give us, Louis, just give everybody a little bit of a history of what happened there um, with your glasses for prescription and so forth. Well, you know, I was born and then my <laughs> eyesight started deteriorating. <laughs> and by the age of about 10, they started to want to give me glasses. <laughs> but I hated wearing them. So, you know, they gave me these things and I, I put them in my back pocket and ran around the place um, on, on the sports field in a little town in South Africa. And um, you know that, you know, who the hell's that? Oh, I can't recognize them. Who is that? I can't see, and I don't want to put my glasses on. And I had all these problems, so it, it's really good for me to actually start at the beginning of how this all happened. So your my eyes started degrading quite early on. Now, there was no screen time. We didn't have a television until I was 16 years old. <laughs> um, there was no computer. I lived on a farm. I ate organic food all the time. I had water from a stream. You know, I did hiking and camping every weekend. So none of the normal stresses and strains of modern life is the reason. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and because I couldn't recognize my peers on the, on, on the sports field, I, I, I learned a specific habit. Now, the habit was how somebody walked, how their posture, um, the way they looked from behind when they were walking and the way they're looking from the front, the way they nodded their head, the way they did something with their hands, etc. So I started looking for all these cues because I couldn't see them clearly. So I wanted to recognize who they were. Right. So I started delving into a deeper uh, perception of other people and a little another area altogether. And um, it, it's helped me through my entire life because I use these cues Whenever I see anybody, you know, I, I immediately, because of those years of training, I've got it in me that I look for them and I've, I'm able to use them. Because even now, I've got half-strength glasses to what I what I what I should have. Because I'm always trying to improve my eyesight, and you can't do that with full prescription glasses. Mm. Right. You need to have weaker ones to do that. Um, so there's a, there's a lot to know about eyes and eyesight. So. One, one thing is a lack of eyesight strengthens other senses. True. So it doesn't necessarily harm you, all right? but it is 
annoying because something like 90% of our input stimuli comes through our eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's hefty. I think it's 80 or 90. So it's a really hefty percentage of input stimuli comes through the eyes. And when that starts going in any shape or form, it becomes incredibly annoying uh, unless you've started to build up some of the other senses around you to a higher and higher degree. So um, I eventually kept them on, put them on and kept them on from, from the age of about 14 because otherwise I couldn't really see very well. I couldn't see the board, etc. So I used, I used to slip them on in the class if I needed to see the board or something. Um, and But by the age of about 12 or 13, um, I'd, wear, I'd be wearing them continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much felt lost without them. That's another thing you need to understand about glasses. Um, or what's another word for glasses? Um, spectacles. 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 Much better word. Um, so yes, if you want to make a spectacle you, of yourself, you might as well do it with some intense <laughs> frames. You know. <laughs> if you want to make a spectacle of yourself, forget the word spectacle. There um, you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you, you've got this whole eyesight thing um, that's going on. And if you take your glasses off, you feel lost. You feel out of control. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you put your drugs on. Okay? <laughs> and you start, yeah, you start realizing it's that that's true. what you're doing. You're, you're like, where's my glasses? The first thing in the morning. <laughs> okay, all right, they're on. <laughs> And uh, you start realizing that you need to learn to wander around like this, do a whole podcast without any glasses on, and be comfortable with that. So you're taking away your drug or your your level of dependency on your drug, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. And you wander around the house in the morning for the first hour without your glasses, you know, do your breakfast and everything without them, you know? And for me, that's tricky because I got really weak eyes when it comes to sh- I'm short-sighted so it means I can't see far away easily me too and it's a very hey. confusing terms when you start all getting it all that's interesting mm. and uh, so then then you can start looking at the psychological aspect of it what don't I want to see mm. well there's a lot on that list for me I don't know about you <laughs> And, you know, even when you become more and more enlightened, um, I'm still not seeing something. <laughs> All right. So uh, there, there's levels of what you don't want to see and how, how it works. And I believe strongly that there is a psychological aspect to sight and not seeing things. So not if sure. I'm seeing things from close up, it's like I really want to, which I have done in my life, look inside me and not looking outside so much. It's been very important to me. So uh, people with glasses, I kind of look at that tendency in them. Do they kind of like want to look to grow inside and not and, and don't want the distraction of the outside so much? So I'm just leaving this to, for you guys to think about. It doesn't have to be true or not true, but it's just something to ponder, you know, um, because I've done a lot that's of that. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a Yeah. So then, then you go on to the concept I brought up after the call, Anne-Marie, which I'll bring up for the listeners as well. Um, if you went to a doctor with a cut on your hand and they put a little plaster on it and it just grew bigger and bigger and you went back to the doctor and he put a bigger plaster on and he went back to the doctor again and he put a bigger plaster on and he went back in the pl- and he put plaster Paris on, uh, would you accept that? No. You wouldn't, would you? No. So why do you do that with your eyesight? Hmm. You sit there in the optometrist and he does a quick check. The eyes are weakened. Yeah, get another prescription. Bye. Did you hear him say anything else? Did he say, oh, you can strengthen your eyes. Oh, you can do exercise for your eyes. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. No, no, no. Here's another prescription. Here's a new set of glasses. Um, Here's the money. Thank you. Ching, ching. All right. So you need to understand what's going on. They're there to make money. Mm-hmm. All right, they're not necessarily there to help you with your eyesight. What they're doing is actually damaging your eyesight most of the time because they're giving you something that makes them weaker. Um, so if they do what the guy what the guy did to me, what I forced the guy to do to me is to give me half strength glasses. You know, he wasn't very keen to do that at all. But I said I'm working on improving them, so I need weaker glasses. I have a strong pair as well, 
but you know when I'm driving I wear them not true yeah um, no no I didn't say it <laughs> <laughs> true confessions but, but you know my eyesight is getting better and better and it also fluctuates and all the rest of it but what what I'm trying to get at here is uh, I started to study the Bates books of Bates book which is famous for improving your eyesight. Mm. And you read it from cover to cover, and you get the little story about the cuts, etc., etc., and you get to understand your um, addiction to your glasses and that you're not very comfortable when you take them off. Now, I can, I can look at you, and you probably won't know, if you didn't know me well, that I don't have glasses on. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they don't have glasses on, they're, they're looking like this, but I can look fairly normal when I don't have my glasses on. So what is happening is I've, I've, I've removed that dependency of glasses by removing them often, by taking them off, by wandering around without them, etc., and understanding that feeling of, oh, I must put them on to see what's going on uh, go, in my life. So exercises you can do. Do you believe there are certain things, exercises you can do to strengthen your eyes? Yes? No? Has anybody well, I, told I you? Think- no, nobody's ever told me, but I presume like people get their eyes covered, don't they, to strengthen other eyes and things like that. So there's got to be some kind of science to it. But they never tell you, do they? Like you no. say, when you go to the opticians, you don't hear this information. No, you don't hear anything about this. Well, well, well no. also, there's, there's another piece, too. I want to touch on this very briefly. Um, if for no other reason than to create some controversy, and that's always fun. But uh, you, you made the comment earlier that what optometrists are doing could actually be harmful to your eyes, to your eyesight. And I, I need to I just, justify that, but yeah. Okay, well, hang on to the thought for a moment, because I will ask you to come back to it. But I just wanted to kind of counter that with what the optometrists say about the Bates method, because they actually have commentary about it. You can look it up in Wikipedia. Um, it, the article describes the Bates method as an ineffective and potentially dangerous alternative therapy aimed at improving eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> I, care I, physician, I care physician William Horatio Bates attributed nearly all sight problems to habitual strain of the eyes and thus felt that relieving such strain would cure the problems. Um, but the, the ma- mainstream eye medical establishment says oh, but not only is that wrong, but it's harmfully wrong. So I guess everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else here. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've always got to look at who's making money. Now, Bates <laughs> made money from his book. An optometrist makes money from giving you glasses. So, y- y- yeah, you've got to make your own decision of where you want to go and how you want to do it because mm. both of them are out there to, to get something out of it all. Um, so what do you do? How, how do you know which one's right for you? Well, well, actually, we can kind of eliminate one because Bates died in 1931, so he's not making a whole lot more money on it anymore. Nice kids, Mark. Just, just so, for thought. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, uh, absolutely. Let, let's take. Uh, well, let, let's let's ask people because this is a real LOA Abram Hicks concept. How do you know which way is good for you? Go to optometrist or use the Bates method. Mm. And we'll also invite people in the live stream because I see Sue mm. and Pam and Marissa and Jeffrey saying hello. So anybody who's tuning in on the live stream, feel free to jump in and include your comments too in, in what Louis is asking about, what we're talking about in general. And we'll include that. But um, you, do you want to answer Let your me- own question or are you looking for people to input first? No, I'm Marine. Go for it. No, it's it's interesting that you say that because I I was told to wear glasses when I was about seven due to being short-sighted. And back in the UK, when I was a kid, you had like two pairs of glasses to choose from with the National Health. And they were awful. And I was a kid that kept breaking them with plasters round. (laughs) So I hardly wore them. Um, I found them uncomfortable. And I've gone through my life just wearing them when I feel I need them rather than all the time, even though I was told mm-hmm. I had to wear them all the time. But even now, I'm still the same. If I feel I need them, I will wear them. But I went from having to wear them all the time and then as an adult being told to wear them all the time, even though I wasn't. And then in the last few years, being told I just need them for computing or for reading. So I've got my two different pairs of glasses and because it's such a kerfuffle getting like my long sighted, my short sighted, 
I just wear them as and when I need them. And um, mm-hmm. I can tell when my eyesight's not feeling right. It's usually when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But I don't, like you say, rely on them. And it hasn't deteriorated that much. But as I'm getting older, I'm feeling it. So this is what interests me is like, because I don't want to go into having to wear very focals. I want to like exercise my eyes and keep their health good. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. I like that. I'll throw in my two cents here, too. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to answer your question, Louis, but I'll throw in my two cents. Um, in my own case, I've worn glasses since I was six, and I've worn them continuously, mainly because without them I was virtually blind. Blind, um, yeah. I, 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 just, I couldn't interact blind. with the world. Not quite, but pretty close. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, I, I was really glad when smartphones came along with really, really large numerals on them for the time. Six, so, you yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell what the time was uh, without putting your glasses on. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's actually the first thing I reach for in the morning. I don't reach for the glasses first. I reach for the, for the iPhone because I want to see, first of all, what time is it? And second of all, is there any email? And then I'll look for the glasses. But, yeah, I'm strange about those things. Um, but the other thing is, over the years... I mean, I've, I don't know how many times, countless times that I've been to the optometrist. Every year, it's always the same thing. There was a degradation, change of prescription, stronger prescription, all that kind of stuff. Until the last time around, which was a little over a year ago. And at that appointment, actually leading up to that appointment, I decided I was going to try to use conscious creation to change that. Mm. And so I, eh, not terribly consistently, but with some degree of consistency, tried to focus on what it would be like to have better eyesight. And much to my surprise and the surprise of the optometrist, I actually had a weaker prescription when she was all done last time. Now, that's not me asking for a weaker one. That's just what she can't mm-hmm. calculated it out to. My, my prescription was visibly weaker. And she couldn't explain it. She didn't try to. She she said, oh, well, you know, things like that happen. And I said, yeah, right. I've had like 50 years straight of, of decreasing vision, and all of a sudden I got increased vision, and that's nothing. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll talk again in another year. But uh, to me, that just indicates you really can make changes, and you can do it. Mm. You, you don't even have to do anything physical. You can just do it with energetic intention. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on it for the next round. See how much yeah. more I can improve it. And by the way, I'm I'm wearing full strength prescription all the time, and I still manage to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes me crazy That's... or strong or a combination. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the reason why you work on a lower prescription is, and and you uh, the optometrist gives you a slightly lower prescription than you should have, slightly lower, um, because your eyes get lazy at full strength, mm. and then they weaken quicker. And this is, seems to be what the optometrist, this is what my optometrist told me. I don't know if it's global, but he said they always give slightly under, but I'm half strength, so I'm way under. But because I've used this perception of mine, you know, literally if I drive or I do anything or I go anywhere, I'm sending out like feelers and I'm sensing things. So I kind of know when a car's going to come even before it's going to come kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a little bit spooky, but you, you kind of sense after a while the whole. Oh, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. I do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you've got, you, you, you've got this whole thing now that Emery wants to know, how do you strengthen your eyes? So, um, and the Bates were saying it's based on stress now. Uh, the first technique they do, for you, Amory, is they say, let's say, look at a window, some square yep. object. Okay, so go from one corner very slowly to the other corner. Then go up, then go across, but very, very slowly, and then go down. Now, do you feel any stress when you do that? And a lot of people who've got poorish eyesight do feel stress when they do that. So what he does is he gets you to breathe slowly and easily. And it's not for everybody. Some people don't have stress doing that. Um, I had stress in the beginning, and I think after about 10 minutes of the exercise, I never had stress ever again. If I do it now, do it all day, and it doesn't have any stress on me whatsoever. So you're doing this, and you're doing deep breaths, and you're relaxing yourself the whole time, and you're, you're making sure that your stress levels stay really low or you just stop. You know, and you get yourself really relaxed, and then you do it again and again until you can go round and round without any stress on it. 
So that's one of the exercises they do. Then far close, far close. Look at your nose, look at the mountain, look at your nose, look at the mountain, look at your nose, look at the mountain. Okay, so you're starting to strengthen those muscles that look far, look close. Now, most of us are stretching our sight to the monitor and back again, you know, which is not very far. (laughs) It's not far, is it? (laughs) It's not far. So, you know, you really want to get out and see far away. You want to look more than about 15 feet away from you. Most people don't see much more than 15 feet away from them. That is the environmental level that a lot of people contain themselves to. So, so often called some, some of the spirit, yeah, some of the spiritual techniques are getting you to look into the distance, look further, expand your your um, your your field or, or depth of um, perception area. Which is great because I mean I've done that ex- you know extensively to to really push it out right towards a galaxy you know just push it out um, yeah. and you start you start feeling different things you start you know I'm I'm aware of when the moon is full you know I'll tell my wife oh the moon's full tonight she says how do you know it's cloudy I said I can feel it <laughs> you know so you 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 get to be able to extend and extend your field and it's kind of like your field of vision as well. Um, another exercise you would do is, um, trying to think, I haven't done a lot of them for, for quite a while, is just move your eyes, uh, around. So you just, just the circular thing. So it's up, left, down, right, and up, and right. So you're making a circular thing and then you do it the other way, one way, then the other way. And that is really good because you can feel at certain point when you're turning your eye around, there's a tension. And I can still feel it now, even in just doing this a little bit. There, at yeah. certain points on there going round, there's a bit of tension. And so what you do is you just ease it. You go round and round until the tension eases out. You do breathing. You relax when you're doing it. So you start really relaxing the eye. Now, once I've done this for a while with energy technique, now the energy technique you do is this. So if your eyes are often cold, you take your right hand over your eye and put your left hand on it until it gets warm. Now, if it's a hot eye, you'd do it the other way around, so you'd bring in the cooling. And the Bates technique is just to hold both eyes like that with your hands, and it's called palming. Um, to get your, your, your palm on your eye, so you're cupping it so that the, the hand never yeah. touches the eye. Uh, because some of the sweat, specifically in hot countries, um, can aggravate the skin in the eye. So you, you kind of want to really, you really want to cup it a little bit there. Um, and, and putting pressure on the eye is not advantageous at all. And you're working with energy, so you do not need to touch the eye at all. Um, so you can even do it from a distance. Um, then once you do that for a while, um, I went back to my optometrist, and uh, he said at least 20 uh, – uh, what did he say? Uh, interesting. He said the word interesting about 20 times. As he was testing me because I'd improved my eyes to such a degree that he was quite shocked. So, you know, I had kind of like Coke bottles and now I've got half strength in my original and um, it's pretty damn thin now. I don't know if you can see sideways there. Um, yeah. My glass is fairly thin now. So I've gone from really, really thick. Um, then I should be thicker than this, but I'm half strength. So then I've got these glasses which are fairly thin. Um, but they're still weak, you know, if I take it off, um, the only reason I know who you guys are, even on the screen now is because I'm, I can see your movement and I can feel you guys because mm-hmm. I know you, um, but I'd have to go to about that de- closeness, which is, a you know, about three inches away mm-hmm. now close closeness. And this is where my eyes started to improve. First of all, they improved close wise. So I could I can go literally to that level and I can see one hundred percent clearly, mm-hmm. which is about an inch and a half away from my from my eye, maybe two, and so I went from only being able to see about five inches and then I went all the way down to about one and a half inches to be able to see clearly and then the the far side improved slightly as well, um, and overall I just it just got better and better and. The other thing that was confusing him like anything is every time I went back, it would be varying. It would be forward or back, forward or back, and it would be changing. Even in the same session, it would change, and he would test me again. It's like, oh, my God, that's changed again. 
So you start realizing that this is not a fixed thing. All right. So it can vary all the time. And there's two aspects to your eye. You need to understand this quite clearly. So one aspect is your the visual camera-like thing takes a picture, the light goes into the eye, reflects, and then it goes, inverts it, and there's a picture in your brain, blah, blah, blah. And then that picture is as clear as your iris allows it, etc., and how much it's, it's, it's focused on the image, right? So that's one aspect. Then the next mm-hmm. as- aspect is your mind taking that picture and processing it. Right? And your mind is able to clear up that picture quite considerably. So it can take a blurry picture and do some computer programming on it right? and clear <laughs> yeah. it up right? and enhance the image. Mm-hmm. All right? So you've got, you've got two aspects which are very, very key to your whole eyesight. Is one is the, the ability to um, process the image and the other one is just the camera taking the picture. And then you start realizing that that part that processes it can be extremely effective. It especially can take since one. Well, well, I was going to say, especially since the mind, the brain doesn't actually process very much of the actual image. Almost all the processing that it does is on the what, what I'll call the virtual image, the image that it, it calculates and puts together within the mind based on that initial reading uh, yep. from, from the actual image. Mm. Yeah. In fact, I was reading an article about that today, literally just two hours ago. Oh, some, right. Somebody was mm-hmm. uh, doing some research, and basically the, the point of the article was that all things that um, neuroscientists have assumed for the past 100 years about how the brain is organized are, are all wrong. And that conclusion was really? reached by neuroscientists. So they're, they're basically experiencing the same kind of upheaval that you know physicists experienced uh, a couple of generations ago when quantum physics came along. It's the same kind mm-hmm. of a thing yeah. going on there. So just, that's a, an aside, but it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. yeah. Oh, I also mm. wanted to, to bring something else in, too. And I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get back to your point in a minute. But this, mm. this is kind of interesting, too. I was reading more, <clears throat> excuse me, I was reading more of that uh, article about Bates in the Wikipedia article. And I found the portion where um, the actual criticism of, of it saying that it was dangerous that it was harmful to the eyes. Um, it wasn't so much that it was harmful to the, to the eyes. It's the, their claim is that if you're wearing half-strength lenses, you are, among other things, going to be a more dangerous driver, which is interesting considering you made an allusion <laughs> to that at the top of the, of the show. Um, and, in fact, there's a quote from James Randi um, saying that his father, shortly after discarding his glasses for the very reason of um, of Trying to uh, trying to push for half prescription and so forth ended up in a car accident, wrecking his car. And added onto this, there's uh, a criticism that says that if the Bates method really did work, it would actually have um, basically supplanted eyeglasses by now. But because it's so obscure, that's proof as that's proof of the idea that it really isn't effective at all. What what really is interesting to me and why I'm bringing this up. Is this is an example of something that we actually see a lot of both inside and outside scientific circles. Because essentially this article is ostensibly claiming that it's writing from a scientific perspective. But even when it comes to the analysis of Bates' method from a scientific perspective, the criticism there is that there is, I'm going to read it exactly uh, this is from Frank J. Levitt. He says, how can we tell whether someone has relaxed or imagined something or just thinks that he, he or she has imagined it regarding the possibility of a placebo trial? I cannot conceive of how we could put someone in a situation where he thinks he has imagined something while we know that he has not. In other words, they're coming up with all these arguments to describe why you can't test the Bates method. Mm-hmm. And then they're claiming that, therefore, they have scientifically shown that the Bates method doesn't work. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not science. (laughs) Science is where you actually do the work to collect the data. If you're not collecting the data, you are an armchair scientist in the peanut gallery throwing peanuts at people. Yep. So, you know, we we have to. In other words, instead of getting a hundred people, putting them through the Bates method and proving that it doesn't work, you're now, you're now intellectualizing it. And, And on top of that, 
they're completely ignoring the fact that science can't and never will and never has proved anything. And any good scientist will tell you that science is not in the business of proving anything. Science is in a data collection business. And then they create hypotheses about their, their data that they collect. But there is no proof involved in science in any case. So the moment that I read about somebody talking about proof in science is the moment that I know, well, that's not a scientist. <laughs> that has nothing to do with science at all. <laughs> yep. Well, I know when, I, when I'm driving and I haven't got my prescription sunglasses on, I've just got normal sunglasses on. Like Louis said, I just use other senses. I'm probably a bit more vigilant and probably a bit more safer because my vision is, is I can still see, obviously, because I wouldn't drive my car, but it's not as far distance. So I am using, I'm probably a bit more safer because I'm not complacent. I'm not on my vision. I'm using everything else. That makes which, sense. Which is, which is what a good driver does, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Louis, you made a reference to that earlier about you know, being able to sense when a car is coming up mm. on the blind side or something like that. And I do the exact same thing. I can tell when there's a car there. I, mm. My mirrors may not be able to confirm it, but I'll say to myself, yeah, I know there's a car yeah, there. I can tell yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. there. <laughs> I wish you would get off the blind spot, but yes. <laughs> the, the new Jaguar I was test driving has got a little light there that flashes yellow. Mm-hmm. saying there's somebody in your blind spot. And I was yes, like, sir. oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, but I won't be able to use my sixth sense anymore. <laughs> I'll know, I'll know. Um, but Jeff was putting a point there. Um, what's Who's right and what's wrong, what works best for you, upgrades are always possible for all of us. But um, what, I, what I pointed out, what I was asking you guys is, which one is better, the Bates method or going to optometrist? Now, I would use Abram Hicks's philosophy. Which one feels better for you? Yes. I agree with that completely. I do. Completely. Yep. So, you know, trusting yourself is what I want to encourage so many more people to do, specifically with their health. Okay. Trust yourself. Stop trusting the optometrist and the doctors and the drug companies and the other things. Trust. Start Start getting start getting a trust back in yourself and your own ability to understand, evaluate, um, make a decision on all the information. No, I don't say cut them out in any shape or form, but you know, going back to my experience of uh, uh, not having my appendix cut out by a, a medical doctor when I was in the hospital, you know, I trusted myself over and above. A medical doctor that tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Louis, you really should have this appendix out." <laughs> yeah, that was you quite know? a story too. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing story, um, but you know, I trust myself implicitly. I will use the advice. I will go to the hospital. I'll be in front of them, but I trust myself. Right. And I really yeah. want people to really start trusting themselves more, because you know, ultimately, you need to make the decision if they're right or wrong. You know, but just falling over and trusting them blindly is I've seen so many people suffer, you know, take this drug. Oh, the side effects of that drug, take another drug. And then you land up with so many concoctions yeah. and you're so out of it that, um, you've got sometimes more problems than when you started with, etc. So, you know, you need to start trusting yourself and, and I really want people to, to, to get there. I, so I love, we, I have the comment. I love the mixed metaphor here of talking about trusting your doctor blindly and uh, Anne Marie earlier made reference to perspective. I thought this is really cool. I like this. Put your glasses on when you look at your doctor. <laughs> you <listen> to <laughs> See clearly. Um, so, so you know, you're, you're now in a position where you're confident. You you're getting your eyesight back. You're not taking your glasses off and driving blindly and crashing into things. Okay, you're not stupid about the whole thing. Um, well, you could now, be, but you just won't be for very long. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. This is a self-correcting this, this, mechanism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, death is 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 is, is very uh, very educational. <laughs> <laughs> so, the other thing I wanted to bring up, you brought up sunglasses. Now. I had a big problem with sunglasses because I thought, hey, they're cool, man. I'll put my sunglasses on. And, yeah, they're prescription sunglasses. I can see and I'm protected from the sun. And then they broke. And my eyes were so incredibly pained by the sun living in Africa. And I was like, my eyes were never like this before. 
Before I bought the sunglasses, they were never like this. They were never this sensitive. So I started realizing that the sunglasses weakened my eyes. And if I lost my glasses or broke or something like that, I suffered hugely, absolutely mind-blowingly. And I was like, no ways am I ever, ever, ever touching sunglasses again. And from that day on, I have never, ever, ever touched sunglasses. And it was a philosophical thing. I can go in the brightest sun now, and it has no problem whatsoever. My eyes automatically shrink. The pupils get smaller, cut out the excess light, and they are fine. I go skiing without... Um, these these things on. I mean, skiing it's 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 borderline. If it's a really really sunny day, I wear I wear the yeah. the goggles because it, it really is extreme. I mean, that really is extreme. Um, but most of the time, I find absolutely no reason that this incredible mechanical mechanism of my eye cannot deal with most situations. You know, it really is incredible, and you start having huge respect for your eyes. And yeah. again, I've been thinking there for a minute, to be honest, because like I said, I've worn glasses since I was six. And as far back as I can remember, my eyes have always been very sensitive to the sun, very sensitive mm-hmm. to any bright light. Um, so anytime that I had the opportunity to wear uh, sunglasses, particularly sunglasses that also block the UV, I loved it. Oh, my God. Now I can see again. So I'm asking myself, has it always been true, or was it only since I started wearing the prescription glasses at age six? And I don't know. I can't remember clearly enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is this. <clears throat> if you give me the choice between wearing sunglasses and not wearing gla- sunglasses, I'll take the sunglasses. Absolutely. I'm with you, you well, get addicted to these things. You get addicted. <laughs> well, whether I'm addicted or not, it feels better. I, I'm going. I see. I'm going with the feeling thing. Abraham Hicks says, "How absolutely. are you feeling about it?" Well, I feel absolutely. better wearing them, so that's what I'm going with. Absolutely, and I was feeling very differently. So exactly. you know, everybody's situations differently. There's no judgment on anybody else. There's just right. a clarity. Of what was very, very, very right for me, and again, mm-hmm. trusting myself. You are trusting yourself. You're keeping them on. Cool, and yeah. I honor that and respect that completely. No problem. And me vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Jeffrey wears his sunglasses. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, a that's a song, Jeffrey. I'm sorry. <laughs> sunglasses. I, 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 had, <laughs> I wear mine as a headband to keep my hair back. That's, just yes, that's a lot of women. <laughs> you and my wife, she always loses her sunglasses or her glasses and they're always on her head. On the head, yeah. <laughs> So there was a journey of many years of going back to the optometrist and not needing any improvement. And his comment, if he ever commented anything, because he learned to be very careful, whatever he said around me. Mm. <laughs> Understandable. You're a tough <laughs> I mean, you, you, oh, my God, here he comes again. His comment was, these weaker glasses are working for you. <laughs> That's as much as I could get up. Because your eyesight is not deteriorating at all over all the years. So, um, slowly, you know, things have changed a bit and, and they vary. But on the whole, I, I haven't got any worse at all. Uh, now 54 and I've had, uh, after the improvement was about 15 years ago and I haven't had any major degradation or any degradation at all, even if, if not even a slight improvement over that period, but it's fairly stable. Um, but really then again, good. I haven't done a lot of work on it. Um, the other thing is from a Jinshin Jitsu perspective, Walt, you know what that is, my energy mm-hmm. work that I do. The eye toe is the one next to the big toe. So sitting cross-legged holding both eye toes is, to me, one of the best ways of really relaxing the eye. It makes a great conversation point. What are you doing? Well, I'm correcting my eyesight. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It's like somebody today was saying, oh, on the beach, uh, um, was saying, you know, I, I could never go nude. I could never become a nudist because the mother was explaining to the daughter about nudism. And I said, well, I'm a nudist. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, um, you know, once you, you learn to go to a lot of nudist beaches and you get familiar with it and all the rest of it, the only question that sticks in your mind at the end of it is, why do we people wear clothes? What are they hiding? <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete 360-degree turnaround from where you were. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, th- this is the kind of thing. You need to be really flexible in yourself and your mind, etc., to to be able to deal with 
the contrasting universe that you're bringing up for yourself and you're playing with. And once you do that and you're really flexible to move, you know, if I need to sell a property, I sell it. If I need to buy a property, I buy it. You know, if I need to do anything, you just go out and you do it. You don't sit there and deliberate for five years or whatever. You just, you know, if you need well, you to can. change. You yeah. can, you can. But yeah. You will lose money while you're deliberating. <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, more, you, you know, you have a tendency to come due during that period, which is really annoying financially. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of fun when, when you start playing with it with confidence and you start trusting yourself. And that's what I want people to do with their own eyesight. Take responsibility for it. Trust your own advice. Uh, yeah. Listen to Louis' idiotic ideas, a Bates technique and all the rest of it. See what works for you, what feels right, and go for it and do something about it, you know. Um, and there's lots of other books. A book that I really liked was called Take Off Your Glasses and See. That's my go-to. I like the title. I mean, the title all yeah. by itself makes you want to pick it up. Yeah, it's a great title as well, um, but a very good book. Um, though I didn't, I don't think I ever really fully read the Bates book, but almost every other um, correction book refers to the Bates book in ah. some shape or form. So I think was there I something up my Bates? Was there something unique or unusual about uh, the other book, the Take Off Your Glasses and See book? As I said, I've never read the Bates book, but I, I've only, because of my different books I've read, they've all referred to different aspects of the Bates book. Um, so I have inside information of the Bates book and even pages copied from it, um, but I haven't actually read it, so I can't. I can, I can say that the palming of the eyes is very much Bates. Mm-hmm. I can tell you palming of the eyes is very much Jin Shinjutsu. Mm. Okay. <laughs> very much Jin Shinjutsu. So... Um, to me, very, very beneficial, hugely. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest go-to is palming the eyes. If I had to say, start somewhere, palm your eyes. Put your elbows on your desk, <laughs> palm your eyes. <clears throat> what, is, what, what does that do, do you think? It relaxes the muscles. Wow, Bates is wrong. You know, they're just lying to you, you know. <laughs> so what, what, is, what does Abram Hicks say? Relief and release is going in the right direction, yes? True. Mm-hmm. What are you doing when you're relieving the stress of your eye? Getting uh-huh. relief and release? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just logical. Um, but also so, kind of makes sense from another perspective because what do we, all of us, in a, in a kind of sideways sense, do that every single day or more, more precisely every single night? We go to sleep. We close our eyes. When we close our mm-hmm. eyes, our eyes are at rest. Mm-hmm. Except, Except for me, I sleep day. with mine open. Well, okay, but seriously, but we knew you were strange anyway. So, <laughs> can I come fill you film you tonight? <laughs> how, how, how do you do that? Anyway? I want to see this. <laughs> oh, um, I, I freak my husband out many times. It's just like he's talking to me, and then they like give me a kiss on the cheek, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "You were awake." No, no. eyes <laughs> just open. So, so I when can't you're... believe that. I really struggle to understand that. When, when, when you were, when you're in that state, when you're basically sightless with your eyes open, because you certainly are, I, I presume you're not actually seeing anything. I presume that that's not interacting I, with your brain. Or I, anything like yeah. That. No, I don't know that I'm doing it. My eyes so are like not all the time. I mean, what do you, how do you turn it off? I don't know. I don't even know I'm doing it. Like you say, I can't see. I just, people keep telling me ever since I was a kid that I sleep with my eyes open. That and is fascinating. Scary, You're the first person in my life I have ever heard read. You know, I've looked a lot about the body, um, many, many aspects, um, but I've never even heard anybody do that. Never. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Never. That's why I was well, really Paris fascinated is- when you said it, and I was quite surprised. And I really want but, to confirm you. Now um, you can. You can you <laughs> really impress me now. By the way, just as an aside, you'd really impress me if you could also see with your eyes closed. If you can do both, like okay, I'm, I'm worshiping an Amory's altar. At that point. <laughs> You, you see, I, 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 I kind of understand. <laughs> I kind of understand why um, Marie doesn't see when her eyes are open because the mind can turn that uh, side off because that's the you know the processing side. You can just switch that off, so the image can still come in, but it, it does nothing with it. You know, um, that makes sense to me. Um, well, there's yeah. an old cliche about that. I'm going to have to think saying. about this. <laughs> there's, there's an old saying, <laughs> but, but but it's usually used in a detrimental and kind of um, insulting way. 
Um, it's the phrase that says the lights are on, but nobody's home. And, and in a sense, that's kind of what you're describing. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's exactly it. Marissa Zimmerman was saying, you know, are you in a beta state? So do you, ah. do you feel very rested when you're in that state or do you sleep very deeply or? I think I'm in a very deep sleep mm. when I'm doing it because I know like if I'm woken up because people think I'm awake, then I'm, it's a real shock and jolt. It's not just a mm. leisurely wake up. So I think I'm in so, a very deep sleep when it happens. So when I get the jolt, it's usually when I'm out of my body and I shoot back quickly. <laughs> it's like a jerk mm-hmm. awake, you know. Um, so, yeah, that would be a pretty deep state. Pretty deep state, yeah. yeah. Wow. You learn all kinds of interesting things on this show. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about LOA. <laughs> no, nothing at all. No. Except, of course, that the uh, entire... Every aspect of life is associated with the law of attraction. But other than that, you don't really... really no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened is at the stage of the game, I'm just maintaining my eyesight as opposed to trying to improve it much. Uh, my focus is on so many other things that I don't have uh, too much uh, time to spend on that. And you learn to prioritize. So... You realize step one is about focus, and what you're focusing on is what you're going to get. So More mixed metaphors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, explain. More, yeah. me- more mixed metaphors. You're focusing. <laughs> focusing is used as a metaphor to describe the act of, of, of pointing your mind in a particular direction, but focusing is also what you do with your eyes. And it's, it's ah, okay. Sorry. I'm <laughs> slow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's very true. If you think about the eyesight, it's very step one-y. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Knowing what you don't want, knowing what you do want, kind of mm-hmm. focusing, clarity, etc. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Step one, eyes. Well, it kind of makes sense. I mean, literally all of the all of the ways that we describe things start with, with vision metaphors because, like you said earlier, it is the number one sense. It is the most – it is the dominant sense for most people. Um mm-hmm. For those of us who are not blessed with the uh, at-birth wonderful eyesight, which I never really had, like you said, other senses tend to take over. So for me, hearing has become my number one sense. But, yeah, for most people, it's eyesight, for sure. Well, well t- how do you know you weren't born with perfect eyesight? I don't know for 100% for sure, but I have very, very early memories, scattered, few dating back to when I was about one or two years old. And I know for sure I was one or two years old. And all of those memories are blurry. All of them. So you could have been born 2020. Oh, well, 2020, yeah, I know you've discussed that. Um, <laughs> good good eyesight, let's say. It's, it's quite possible. Um, yeah. All I know is that the memories are all about blurry eyesight. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I mean, memories are so uh, – if you think about memories, what are they? They're thoughts about thoughts that you thought at some stage you thought. So mm-hmm. you're remembering things of and, – and, and you start coloring them up, don't you? You, you land up with memories that are not necessarily true anymore because <laughs> you've, you've mixed them around. You've, you've thought about them and you've thought about what you thought about them and then you, you know, it just – they start changing a long t- a lot over time, especially if they're very old. What uh, I do remember is the first time I got the glasses, and I really was not looking forward to it. I I mean, I didn't really know exactly what it meant yeah, to have glasses. He wasn't looking forward to them. But I also knew, at, I mean, particularly at that in that era, there was there was a lot of criticism of any kid who had glasses. Um, you were four eyes, you, you know, you were blind, all this other kind of stuff. So the idea that I was getting glasses was not terribly interesting to me. Until I put them on, then all of a sudden I could see a sign that I didn't even know was there. Mm. Wow. And when I saw that, well, I wasn't really happy, but I could understand it. <laughs> now, okay, yeah, it makes a little sense to do this. So if I look at that experience and ask myself, well, did I set myself up for that through, you know, what I had been focusing on, every pun intended, um, through uh, what I was hiding from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess so. That's quite possible. On the other hand, I had that very big breakthrough experience. So I don't know. 
I'm not sure what to make of all that. What I do know is this. The one experiment that I have done has been, has had some degree of success, which I did in the last year and a half. And I'm actually working on my left eye in an additional experiment because approximately, I'm going to say 12 to 15 years ago, I don't know exactly when it was. I remember it happened, but I wasn't keeping track. So I, I can't tell you what the date was, but my left eye vision which was never strong. My right was always my strongest eye. Um, my left eye deteriorated quickly and significantly. And I ended up going to the doctor to get an, uh, another prescription change and so forth. And she told me that I had macular degeneration and that I actually had it in both eyes, but it was particularly severe in the left eye. And she suggested that I get, uh, that I go to a specialist about it. Um, I, I did some reading because I didn't really know anything about macular degeneration. So I did some reading up on it online and learned about the, the wet kind and the dry kind and no cure for any of it, all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of came to the conclusion, well, then what's the point of paying the specialist fees? He can't do anything for me anyway. <laughs> so I didn't bother to follow up with it until that fateful appointment a year and a half ago where I found that it actually improved my vision. Among other things, they also have now improved their way of testing you and so forth. They can now do complete scans of your eye and you don't even have to, to dilate the eyes like you used to and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that came out of it was she says, oh, you had a torn retina. I said, mm -hmm. I did. She said, yeah, you've had it for quite some time there. I can see where it's healed up. And that's when I flashed back to what the previous eye doctor, not previous, but a few years back, eye doctor told yeah. me and how... She had said, well, you have macular degeneration. And so I brought that up. She said, well, yeah, I can see signs of that too, but this is the main reason why you're not seeing in your left eye because uh, I have no straight head vision in my left eye. I have it in my right eye, but not in my left. And as I think about it, what I can see tells me, yeah, I can, I can see how, <laughs> I can see how there is an actual line across <laughs> my eye and it's like, it's, a, it's sort of a diagonal line. Yeah, I, I can kind of, I can sense where, where it, it took place because there, there's a definite blindness above that eye to a certain degree, but not so much below the, the line. And yeah, there's a whole thing there. Um, but anyway, that's a long way around to saying one of my goals is to do something that that doctor, the one who told me that I had had an improvement in my eyesight. Um, well, actually she didn't say that. I just had the old prescription. I compared the two and I could see it was a weaker prescription. She told me that my left eye would eventually was in the process of dying and would eventually have to be surgically removed. And inside, I was saying to myself, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. Um, instead, I set a goal for myself. I said to myself, not only is that not going to happen, um, I'm going to continue to have the eye that I currently have, which is minimal, in that eye. But it, more than that, I'm going to heal that eye, which is medically impossible, according to the mm. medical experts, which I love. <laughs> I love going after something that say that's Walt, impossible. You can't do that. You're a miracle. <laughs> so think Praise about it. Praise the source. If I can actually <laughs> praise the source or pass the sauce, either way. Uh, yeah, pass the sauce. But I mean, I, what would be more cool than you know to actually break through and achieve improvement in something that medical science says you can't improve. Mm. So I, I, I mean, amazing. That, yeah. that, that to me would be fun. So yeah, that's one of my goals is, is to use my conscious intention because I don't know anything else to do. I mean, I, I could perhaps look into the Bates method and all that kind of stuff, but quite honestly, I'm too lazy. So I, mm. I don't really want to do all that. But, and, 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 and I, I appreciate that sentiment and I've heard it often. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's work that goes into that. Let's be perfectly honest. Just there to is and get stronger Absolutely. glasses. It's so much easier. Well, there's that one too. Well, but I'm trying to, to, uh, you know, cut the difference, so to speak. Like, no, I don't want to do the work, but I also want the better, you know, the lower quality mm. prescription. I want, you want I your cake I want, and I want you everything. can eat it. I do. Abraham yes. tells you you can do that. You they know? certainly do. So I figure, <laughs> hey, you know, what does Abraham say? Go for the gusto. Don't settle for mm. the little tiny goals. Go for the big ones. Okay. I'm going for the big one. I'm going for the big one that says I'm going to heal both eyes completely. Mm. And I have no idea how it's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> you know, I've always said one of my final goals on this earth is to have 2020 vision. So as I'm getting older, it's interesting. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, you, know, one, you know, I've healed so many other aspects of my body that this is one that I haven't finally got to. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I'm, th- I'm looking at healing it is getting great and great clarity the whole time. Ooh, we lost Anne-Marie. Nope. Oh, she'll be back. That's all right. She, she, she just um, stepped out to, to get a glasses change. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to see better. She wants to see um, better, right. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a journey. You know, if I get to get 2020 or perfect, close to perfect vision, um, along the way, I reckon that one of the ways I'm going to do it is by I, by doing what my greatest desire is: seeing seeing life clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. I think that's true. I agree with that. And in fact, I would also add in: I don't need to have it go to perfect vision immediately. Yeah, I'd like the idea of also doing it incrementally. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if I had put it this way, if I had any improvement in that left eye, I mean, the right eye. I already have improvement. That was you know, a year and a quarter ago. I think it's going to happen again with the next visit that I have. Um, but if I had any improvement at all on the left eye, well, that would just piss off the medical establishment. I mean, I love that aspect. They would just piss them off royally, you know. So I, I kind of look forward to that. There she is. She's back again. I'm back. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. You're not in the middle anymore. You're not the rose between two. <laughs> well, well, we we can take care of that. Actually, there's a way to do that. Oh, oh, there we go. How oh, <laughs> you have your... <laughs> And I did it all with my existing eyesight. How about that? <laughs> no, but but seriously, that if I could achieve any kind of improvement in that left eye, I think, I'd, well, first of all, it would teach me something. I think it's already true, but we humans need to have reinforcement on, particularly on belief systems where energy is concerned, because we have so much programming going in the opposite direction that we're kind of trying to reverse in a sense that anytime that we can reinforce for ourselves, yes, I did that. Yes, I made gains. Yes, I was able to use that, just use the power of my mind to get there. It's valuable. So. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to those kinds of incremental changes. And, hey, if the full 2020 eyesight comes along in one fell swoop, I will be glad to accept that as well. But I'll also accept the little gains. I think they're both good. If I can just keep improving, that's it. As you play with that, Walt, you you start to trust that the law of attraction does what it says on the tin. Right. And what it says on the tin, right? (laughs) (laughs) On the Abram Hicks tin. And and out of that trust comes what the religious guys like calling faith. And out Mm -hmm. of faith comes the manifestations. That's right. Yeah. I so I'm putting curi- LOA somewhere, sorry. <laughs> no apology necessary. I completely, totally approve. Um, but, Amory, I want to ask you, because you're the one who kind of wanted us to do the topic. What have you gotten mm-hmm. out of this? I mean, what, what do you think, what, what's your takeaway at this point? It's a good question. Ah, I think, do you know what? It, it kind of just confirms to me that what I'm doing is actually right in not being reliant on my glasses. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Certainly, as I've got different pairs for different things now, it gets a bit more confusing. And I, I'm due to go to the do- eye doctor soon. And it's like, I don't really want to get the very focus because I don't want to have to wear them all the so, time so, and be like so this. When, so when they suggest them to you, Amory, you can say no, you know. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I just really want you to understand that, girl. <laughs> but it's good because... Uh, I, I'd rather have the two pairs of glasses, which is why I said no last time, but now I'm even more an adamant no, because it's like, I'll continue as I'm going. It's not getting worse. I'm getting older. It's not getting worse. And it doesn't have to get worse. It can get better, stay level. And that's the power of my mind, not their sales. The, the exercises about. that I gave Emery are very good for the farsightedness. So in other words, this problem that a lot of people are doing when they get older is their arms not long enough. Yeah. They? <laughs> um, so it, they're very, very, very good for that. It's very good for that sh- that, that that shorter sight to be able to see closer. Yeah. Uh, very, very good. All right. And I agree with the whole thing when you're looking closely at something. And I'm always looking out my window because, like you say, I'm looking so closely at screens mm-hmm. and to just have a different view and how far-sighted just really does help my eyes. So yeah, yeah they recommend you, really you put on your monitor, stop, breathe, look, look in the distance mm-hmm. on the side of your monitor. <laughs> it's one of the things they recommend. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys for this wonderful perspective on vision. We really appreciate that. <laughs> like what you did Perspective. That. Use it or lose it. <laughs> I, I love the way we really took a good, hard look at it. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> so, thank you guys very much. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye.